understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Stranded Phase Podcast. I am back for a virtual interview, which I don't do often because I love that in-person effect and energy, but this was an interview that I was willing to do for this person across the country because when we connect, it doesn't matter in what way, whether it is on Zoom, in person, or just in the same room, his energy is magnetic. He's he's someone that is not only a thought leader in his industry and in his space, but just someone that I consider like a thought partner. And you know what I mean by this is like when you just get in a room with somebody or you get on the phone with somebody and you're like, we have one mission, but we can't stop talking about how awesome life is and what we're learning and just trade secrets and going back and forth. And Elijah and I put meetings together and we end up on the phone for way too long, even though we're busy individuals. <laughs> And so I cannot wait to introduce you guys, if you don't already know who he is, and just let you in on this conversation because you have no idea what you're in for because I'm not, I'm not kidding y'all. And this is one of my favorite people to talk to, but let me give him a little background just so you guys know how awesome this guy is and how he is not new to this. He is so true to this. He's not one of your favorite gurus. He has literally been here, been there, done that. He's been in real estate for over 18 years. He is definitely one of the top notch sales experts in the space. Everybody knows if Elijah can get it. He going to figure it out. Uh, thought leader overall in the space for over 20 years, just someone that like, I literally go to as a mentor and a guide. One of the first people that taught me to create my own affirmation. People don't even know this owner of win LLC and big in the fire damage space. When you, and, uh, when you and your company started picking up fire damage properties after the recession, which is something that you guys have been big in the space. I could literally go on for hours, but it's so funny that I said all this about you because then what we're going to talk about today has nothing to do with any of these things, <laughs> but guys follow him, check him out. I'll send you the right way at the end of this episode, but without further ado, I got to introduce my friend, my thought partner and an incredible human being, Elijah Rubin. Oh, wow, Jessica, that's phenomenal. I need you around. I mean, now you're good for the ego, good for the mind. My heart is pounding and I appreciate that. I appreciate the love. Listen, they could like, skirt, skirt. I could be the like the, the hype man. I'm that, I'm that. You good, you good. <laughs> okay, so out of left field, this is where I have to start because like sure. I said, thought partner, we've gotten opportunities to work together, meet in different spaces. We've ended up in the same room at different conferences, whether it was through real estate, thought leadership. Um, and one thing we always end up talking about when we're together is like, so what are you doing right now for your healing journey? What are you doing right now? You know, just, just in that self-awareness, self-enrichment space. Right. And we get, both of us get so excited about this. <laughs> and some of the stuff we've talked about recently, I thought was just incredible for you to not only be doing this work as a human and a lot of people don't go this far, but as a man, to be doing this work, I thought was just so exemplar, like just up there for you. And so I want to talk about something people don't talk about enough, which is healing and dealing in the shadow. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to start on an elementary level. Sure. 
what do you think, or what did you learn surface level? Like what the hell, what is the shadow? <laughs> um, and, and once again, appreciate you taking this opportunity so we could shed light on this and bring this out of the shadows so that more people are aware of what's happening, what's kind of holding us back and what, what limitations are happening that we're kind of blaming the exterior world when it's really all inside because our inside world creates our outside world right Absolutely. and and i feel like the shadow work being once you become aware of the shadow work you're able to find out all the little things why are you self-sabotaging yourself why aren't you living to the level of the life that you know you deserve to live while other people are like surpassing you and you're like hold on a second i know i'm good i know i'm talented what's happening and once you're tired of going all outside you start looking inside. And I think that is where the magic happens. I think that's where, when you stop looking for the world to give you answers and you go inside to find the answers, I think that's where, I mean, that's how I got to my journey. And I think a lot of people are probably right there questioning everything, answering everything, seeking, and you shall find. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it was it was a hard concept for me to understand for a while, but I I wrote this sentence down because it over and over again is just what explains the shadow to me. Right. And it's like, one thing I remember reading specifically was like, you'll never get rid of it. We all have it, but it's, it's literally just understanding that you cannot have God without the devil. Yep. You cannot have pleasure without pain. You mm -hmm. cannot have sun without rain. Like there is a dark side to everything as is there is a dark side to all of us. Yeah. We all have a darkness within us. Um, we think so often that we are skewing away from it or we're healing or wheeling or dealing our way out of it therapeutically or uh, treatment or techniques or whatever. But often when you really dig deep into it, you don't realize that we actually do a whole lot to fuel it more yeah. than anything. Mm -hmm. um, the more subconscious or more unconscious we are, the more we're in it. Yeah. We don't even realize anything we do that makes us unconscious feeds our shadow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what the hell caused you to explore this? Because you are successful, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things about successful people, and we all know this from suicide, from millionaires, from people that end up on drugs, you know, just all these things success you cannot succeed your way out of internal shadow aka like manufactured pain manufactured depression you cannot succeed your way out of this so as someone who is successful it's very easy the picture i'm trying to paint is a lot of times people get so success successful they're living in this uh, unconscious so they think their life is so great they don't need to deal with that thing that is the equivalent of you know when life is good you don't you don't go to church. You don't pray to God. Like you, mm -hmm. you pray when you're in pain, you, it, so as a successful man, what puts you in the place to explore the shadow? Yeah, no, no. And I, I think at first, especially, you know, being a minority, we don't talk about this stuff. We don't, especially dudes, Hey, everything's good. What's up, baby. Everything's fine. Hey, you know, we, we pop was good. Like we don't ever let anybody in. We don't want nobody to know that we're, I'm struggling, you know, you know, I'm questioning everything. You know, my life is in shambles. My money's good, but my life is, you know, is literally disintegrating around me. So a lot of times we don't really share what's really going on, let alone explore why it's happening or what happened in my past and, and how that impacted me. So uh, myself, the, the answer to your question, 
Um, I, I created a, um, a minority development mastermind group. We'll start off as that. And we started realizing we started stepping in the gaps and started really creating like a real brotherhood together. Some other highly successful guys. And we would um, we'd do these hot seats. And so we was, I was in the hot seat and uh, one of those guys, he's like, um, Elijah, uh, you, there's things in your past that you haven't dealt with. And because you haven't dealt with that, no matter how, wherever the level of success you think you're at, you're going to keep self-sabotaging yourself. There's a big breakthrough that's waiting on the other side. And you have to do the shadow work to get that. You have to go through the shadow work to get there. And I was like, I, for a moment, I felt a little offended. Like, you don't know me. You don't what are you know. talking about? You don't know what you know. Right? Right, so, right. But then it hit me like, man, there is stuff in the past I just never really took time to address. I never really... You know, like I always thought, what is it going to serve me now dealing with all that old stuff in the past? And so it, but I felt something moving in my spirit when he said that to me. Mm-hmm. And, and so a lot of the guys, you know, I mean, we get together, we all go, a lot of us went out, you know, I sat back at the, um, we, we, we went to the spot on the beach and he sat back. And so we ended up walking and talking for like two and a half, three hours. And like, and he's really just breaking down to me what shadow work is. How to, um, what's happened with your subconscious, how we alpha our upper limiting beliefs and how that plays into roles and how to, you know, get with subconscious uh, hypnosis, uh, counselors and therapists, stuff that I just, none of my friends ever, I never was exploring, <laughs> you know, and so that kind of opened me up to like, all right, I'm going to do, I'm going to do some beginning work and, um, well, before I, I'll, I'll let you answer more questions before I tell you like kind of how, when I were like, oh, snaps. I got a problem here, you know, so that I at least was open. That's how I kind of got aware of it. Okay. So I love that you, there's, there's a million things here, right? I love that you were open. I love that this happened with another guy, right? Cause as women, we we're great at this. We can like be each other's damage control. We can literally like, sis, I see you hurting. Like, let's talk, you know, but for men to say that to other men and for us, for you all to not like rebound and box out and be like, get off me. I'm good. Like, <laughs> is a very different conversation. So one for you to be open to that, but two, I want to explore this with you and it sounds surface level, but, um, being in spaces with women where I've gotten to actually lead them to the, some of the deeper parts of their healing journey. I've, I've been asked this question in similar ways. And I want to ask if this just came across to you was like a girl came to me one time and I was like, man, I've been asked this so many ways. She said, I have kind of toyed with deep diving into this stuff for years. She said, every time I do though, I get really sad. And it's kind of like a dark cloud follows me everywhere. And she said, at what point does it become worth it? Because it kind of stopple, it stops me in my tracks. It, I've realized I'm not as productive and I'm not as confident and I'm not as positive. And like, she's like, I'm usually in a pretty good state. And every time I kind of go down this road, I kind of find myself in a version of me that I don't like. And then I run backwards and she's like, what is the end result? And why? do I need to do this? Because I don't like the way that I feel when I do do this. Mm-hmm. Does that, do you, yeah. does that resonate? Did you no, feel yeah, that? No, I, I Did you try it. to run? Oh yeah, no, I get it. You know, especially, I mean, like, I mean, think about it. Our brains are made to keep us safe. All right. And, and so it's made, I'm, I'm talking about a primal instinct is if it hurts us, remember that experience and do anything to avoid it. So what we end up doing, a traumatic situation happens, 
We, we tell ourselves whatever story we tell ourselves, and then we just try to pack it down and never bring it up. So now we're pulling that up here. And, and if, you, if you're being affected to a position where you can't enjoy your day, you, you're a, rain, a rainy cloud is following you everywhere else, it's probably affecting you in more relationships that, you, that you're just oblivious to because your subconscious is still portraying this person who you suppressed. And so I knew once I started going through the process, so the first thing he said is, uh, right, go back to your house. When I got back home and right out, I mean, he said, take like two, three hours, throw some instrumentals on um, from the era. Well, well, let me back up. You go to write out a piece of paper from zero to five, five to 10, 10 to 15 in five-year increments, some things that went good in your life and some things that are not so good. And then anything that's traumatized into your world. All right. And so, mm-hmm. and then if you, a lot of times you're going to start feeling sad or you're going to get blocks where you, you can't think about, I can't think of anything. It's two years. For some of us, it's more years. You got to go back than others. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going back, you know, 30 plus years, you know, and I'm like, whoa, it's hard to do that. So what he said is to throw on some um, instrumentals or, or th- thumb music of that era. Is, uh, so in the 80s or 70s, whatever your year is, and it's going to help you jog your memory of remember the good times where, where you're at when you listen to that music, tapping that nostalgia, and then you're going to be able to start tapping into those memories. And so as I started writing out the memories, it starts off good, but then you start feeling the pain and those memories that you forgot about for years ago. And as you start writing, as I was writing it, I mean, tears were just dropping down my face onto the paper. And I'm like, whoa, like I had no idea I was holding on to this feelings and this emotions for so long. And as I was writing it out, I, at first, yeah, I wanted to stop because I don't want to think about these feelings. It made me feel vulnerable. I felt insecure. Many, many, many years that I had to even put myself in a position where I'm voluntarily feeling these feelings. And um, after I wrote it all out, I felt super uncomfortable because like now I verbalized all this trauma, all these things that's happened in my life. Now somebody can find this. So like this, the world could see another side of me that I didn't know if I even uh, like that person of me or, or those things I've done and things I've been through. So I understand why people feel that way, but I, I, I'll let you know what happened after, but um, I'm so glad I took that initiative. And even though I felt vulnerable, I realized if it affects me this much, what's happening in my subconscious, what's happening in my other world, because if my conscious mind is trying to avoid it, what's really happening. So I'm glad that you, you brought that up. Oh, this is so good. Oh my God. Okay. So love that exercise. And I definitely want, I actually think I'm going to go do that tonight, (laughs) but like one of the, you mentioned hypnosis and one of the most powerful things that I learned in hypnosis among all the things. And I have done so many hypnosis sessions with different multitude of hypnotists. I've also had hypnotists on my show. And, um, but one of the most powerful things that I did not realize you said it was like, so what we do when we, when that, Thing, that traumatizing moment occurs, we drop it, we suppress it, we push it down with usually like in fight or flight to not deal with it or to move forward. And what I didn't realize in hypnosis was she pointed out to me that the thing that's so powerful about hypnosis is when you pull it out, when she pulls it out, it's like a, a file. She was like, how come when I ask anyone about their first partner, their boyfriend or girlfriend ever, when they're 14 years old, I always ask, did they break your heart? And then the person usually says, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, does that make you want to cry? And they're like, no. 
And she's like, why not? And you're like, I don't know. Like, I know that I wasn't going to be with that person forever. Like I've forgiven them. We're probably friends now. I was a kid. And she's like, and it was so long ago. Right. And I'm like, yeah, it was like forever ago, 14, I was like 20, you know, 20 years ago. And she's like, but how come when I talk about something with you, when you were six years old, it brings you to tears. Cause that was way, way longer ago. And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, the difference is, is that you've forgiven him. You have not gone back to that memory and forgiven the people in that traumatizing memory. When you suppressed it, you ended it at the feeling and the emotion that you experienced in that moment. So all you did was not only tuck a memory and a traumatizing experience, you tucked an emotion away and kept it captive in your body. So the emotion is still there. It's never been released. That's why you can feel it as if it happened yesterday. Yep. And I was like, fuck, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, and it's so, as you start pulling these things out, you're like, you feel like that little, for me, I felt like that little girl again. I felt not safe. I felt unprotected. I felt scared. I felt, I could literally feel the physical fear in my body, which is so crazy about the, the conscious. Cause then you said it, it's like, then think about the subconscious, the conscious, I can feel physical fear in my body from something that happened 20 plus something years ago that cannot mm -hmm. physically affect me again, mm -hmm. but it's got my body in shakes and fear and tears because the emotion still lives in our bodies. And people think the mind is so powerful and it is, but the body operates first and tells the mind what to do. So if your body feels like that, what the hell do you think your mind is thinking? Sure. That, that, that blows me every time. Yeah. No, I think, um, I mean, you have to understand that the, like our mind, you know, sees in images and we're the only species in this planet that relives this multiple moments, multiple over and over again. You know, a lion doesn't go by like, oh man, I missed that antelope. Oh man, uh, I'm just, I'm not gonna eat. I'm just gonna lay down here, you know? But that I'm so one, lazy. Oh, you know, forget it. You know, I'm not gonna eat. We all gonna starve, just forget it. Like, no, he's like, right, well, what's the next? there's another one. You know, same so versus, you know, um, us as humans, who not only do we remember, we live these things, these stories we tell on ourselves, but then even worse, a lot of us, we relive it up to a certain point and then we suppress the emotion, the thought, the feeling, and it's still showing up. It's still playing in different aspects of our life, but we have avoided it and we have neglected it and looked out the way. And, and then we look up and like, why is my life going like this? Why are these things happening? So I think was, was really um, revealing to me is after I did that whole process of writing it all out, I'm zero to five, five to 10, all the way to where I'm at now. Um, I went, I, I called my mom and dad and like, Hey, uh, it's okay. If I come over, I want to talk with you guys. I try to explain to them what happened. Why am I even doing this? Like there's something in my past. I want to address. I know I'm not to the next step. I know I'm not where I need to be where God is going to place me. I know I am doing something to limit my growth. I'm not sure. I'm taking it down this path. So I'm one of my, one of my brothers at my mastermind told me about it. Is it okay if I read my, my life timeline to you? And so I, I read my life timeline to my mom and dad and just see my mom and dad start crying, you know, as they're hearing me share and they're crying and they're asking me like, oh, son, I'm so sorry that you had to go through these things on your own. I can't believe a lot of this stuff happened. Like, I didn't know. And after sharing with them, 
I felt such a sense of relief. I felt such a big weight off my back that I'm able to talk about things that me and my family, we just wouldn't talk about. It didn't come up, not one inclination over 20 plus years of things we, that happened that we just never talked about. And the fact that not only I was able to talk about it, but they were receptive, that there's open, not so much remorseful, but their heart was empathetic to hear me. And so I felt how good I felt like, whoa, I don't know what this opened up, but I know that I'm open in a different way. My mind's open, my heart's open in a different way that I never really felt before. Not of a scared vulnerability, but I feel like the portals for me to hear from, from God differently, portals like see visions differently, to feel emotion differently. I felt just by me being obedient to what I didn't know, which for sure I was afraid to do, it opened me up. So I asked, hey, if this felt good to me, I said, um, I told the sisters, I'm like, sisters, mom, dad, are you okay? if we all attempt to do the shadow work together, because I feel like we do this as a family. I mean, I'm already on my journey, already feeling the healing. I'm already feeling things are already moving in my life. And uh, would you be willing to do this as a family? And they said, yes. And so I'll explain a little bit later as far as what happened next. But um, I just really think this is, uh, if you don't do it with your family, just the fact that you take time to write out your own timeline, to relive the stories that you told yourself and to pull those thoughts out of the shadows and say, is this self-serving me or is this self-defeating me? And being clear with it to put them in different pockets and deal with it separately because no one's going to care about you, your past, your future more than you. And mm -hmm. so why not take this time to invest in yourself? And guess what? If you do it for free 99, all right? You can do it for free 99, do it. And like, yeah, it might cost to, to heal it, but to do the, the first, the hardest part, is having those conversations with yourself and going that discovery phase. And any, okay, wildly successful, busy individual, like you literally just told me that after this call, you're going to celebrate a holiday that has already passed because that's how freaking busy you are. <laughs> busy. So this comes up, this surfaces. What makes you feel like, how did you resist the feeling of like, not right now, I'm too busy for this? Like, what made you like, I got to prioritize this right now? Yeah. So, um, Knowing that life is moving on, I'm older now. Like I started doing real estate when I was 21 years old. That's 18 years ago. So I've been used to getting paper for a while. And after some experiences and things that you do, at some point you want to feel more fulfilled. And I'm with some of my other friends in this mastermind that did live a really fulfilled, a period to be fulfilled life. And more importantly, the conversations that have, the energy you have, the things that attract to them, I felt that something's missing. And so I realized, yes, I could keep myself you know, uh, um, over, I, I have a plethora of activities, have other extra things. I can keep myself busy, but I want to be productive and more important. I want to be fulfilled. And no, I'm not using the tapping my maximum value, my maximum potential, because there's things I want to be able to do. And I realize that it, I'm, I'm putting myself around these other high, other higher achievers. And if they're saying, Hey, this worked for me, why the hell am I not taking advice? I'm listening to like, I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I can see somebody, I can learn from somebody else's path and journey. So by me hearing what they said and me being vulnerable, especially when I felt the resistance, I mean, not wanting to do it. Anytime, whatever is resist, persist. And so I knew I wanted to come back and address. I'm like, I'm not gonna let this, I'm not gonna carry this on two, three more years. And I, I'm gonna stop it with me. Who knows where this is gonna lead to, but at worst, I'm going to have more awareness of myself. And that's why I decided at this stage of my life, I need to do this. Did you have any, like, okay. So like, 
I remember enrolling my parents in any of this has been like the hardest part. Just like even like facing your parents and having to be okay with the fact that you might tell a story that they don't see the same. They saw it completely different and they may not be open or considerate to the fact of like your, your story being the truth. Like I've had several instances where my dad was like, that is not what happened. Like you can keep your little disrespectful shit on over there. (laughs) Like, so like, were you fearful in any way? And then like, what did that, like, what kind of courage did that vulnerability take in front of your family? And do you feel, were you surprised at how they took it? Yeah. So, so, so two parts, right? So first, just the thought of me sharing some of the things that happened and my mom has no idea. My parents, uh, nobody knows, like, like, there's not things I'm a proud of. And I'm like, damn, I'm about to share. Like my mom is like, I named you Elijah. You're supposed to be a prophet in the Bible. Like you don't have no tattoos or ear piercing. What did you do? So I didn't want to, you know, um, fall from grace in my mom's eyes and my dad's eyes. But I realized that I could possibly fall from grace in their eyes or I could continue living the life that I know I'm not supposed to be living. So a lie. That's, yeah, the living the lies, like living the lie that I sold myself and there's only, and this is as good as life is probably going to get under this, under this lie. So I'm like, no, mm. I'm not doing it anymore. So that was the first part. I had to get past it, understanding you're going to have to fall from grace and be okay with it. The next really concerned, because my mom is like the oldest of 16. She's from Trinidad. She ain't playing. She's the top shatter in the house. <laughs> she ain't playing. And so she don't take uh, um, advice well. She takes suggestions at random and it better be come from God and in the scripture. Right. <laughs> so, so that's what God you, said. <laughs> so I'm giving the context of what type of lady we're dealing with here. And so there's been situations that happen and um, it's very, it's very challenging and, and we have a pretty good family nucleus. And so the thought of, even when I brought it to my sisters, like, Hey, if we start opening up these can of worms, our family could get worse. We could like possibly destroy our family. So that was a little bit of the apprehension some of them had of doing this. So what we did, we, we talked about, hey, worst case scenario, we could always come back to here where we're at, our family and that, keep it where we're at. But I believe if we all get vulnerable, we all share our stories. And I was able to kind of explain to them when I read, read my story to my mom and dad that they lived through the same situation. Like unlike any of your other friends, anybody else you can share your story with, they lived through it with you. So they had the other piece of the puzzle that happened that you don't even know what happened. So as I'm sharing some of the experiences that happened, my mom is telling me what shirt I had on or what I was eating that day. And that helped spark other parts of my memory that I just completely blacked out from. So they pulled parts of my of the puzzle that I completely disassociated myself from and I was able to get more insight. So once I was able to share that with my sisters of why this is valuable that we do this together. And then we agreed to, um, uh, so we rented out an Airbnb um we paid for a counselor to come in all right a guide so i think that's a i think there's especially if you're you have some families with a lot of different trauma and challenges you're going to need a third-party person that everybody respects so a everybody's on a little better behavior and then b if somebody's having a hard time they can take them to the side they can walk up to the thoughts um we had it where um everybody um we rent we we paid for five hours of our time and she came into um, to the location with us. I had everybody take about two, three hours right out their timeline. And then everybody had 30 minutes to read out their timeline. And then after you read out your timeline, 
And then the counselor starts with questions because they're going to help get the, the, you know, thought about questions, any questions that need more clarifying. She's going to start off with those questions and then any of the family members can answer questions. And, and we, we started off saying that this is not here to prosecute or persecute. This is here for you to share your truth. And your truth does not mean, my truth does not mean that I have to correct your truth, especially not in this space here. The space here to be heard, to be understood, and to be seen. And we could always work. And then the idea was, once we all shared, we're going to take about two to three main situations all the family really was affected by, and then start really unpacking that story from all different sides of the story, and then really start peeling back the onion and say, like, what did it happen? What happened? Who happened? How does this happen? What did it mean to us back then? And now what do we want it to mean to us now? and changing that and it was powerful i'm telling you it was one of i mean i know um i i know uh, we all got done after everybody wrote their stories though all right so now it's time to share and i'm like i'm, I'm, I'm gonna let my sister share i'm gonna let my dad share i don't know how much i want to share mine you know you're not you know, she, you're, you know you're still you preparing yourself like you want to be vulnerable a scary like, boy. how vulnerable can i be <laughs> well, how vulnerable can i be but then um nobody wanted to go and so just god was talking to me like elijah you call this you put this i need you to set the tone for everybody so i read mine out and as i'm reading mine out just like having my mom and dad my sisters are crying like everybody's crying as I'm reading my stuff out. And then and my sister goes, and now I'm crying and everybody's crying. Everybody goes. And then my third sister, oldest sister, she shares. No, 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 no. Pardon, pardon. My middle-aged sister shares. And my oldest sister, I mean, she's the most, I mean, she's a doctor, even killed emotional. I mean, I've probably seen her cry like maybe like five times in my life. She's a female, right? So it's okay to be emotional if you want. Rarely ever see her cry ever. She just starts bawling, I mean, hyperventilating. And so we all stop and she just felt like, I'm sorry, I couldn't protect you guys. And I was here to protect you. And she just carried the, all these years and she felt like she couldn't protect it. So I, we all, me and my sisters, I mean, we're all crying, just hugged her and just was being there for her. And without even talking at all, I was just feeling our hearts were like literally talking to each other, you know, and just being there and stepping in the emotions and feeling it and having a you know, counselor there to help kind of walk us back into it. It was such a powerful, rich moment that only vulnerability will allow you to get to. And so I feel like um, by us doing that, walking out here and all that, um, it was super powerful. My mom had the most resistance because I mean, she's, I mean, she's been on this planet a lot of time and she had a lot of pain and a lot, some of this, you might, especially if you have people who's you know, extremely religious. Well, I already talked to God about that and God already healed me from that. I'm like, well, an easy way is can you talk about it without being upset? If you talk about it and you don't want to talk about it or so angers you, frightens you, that means you still haven't dealt with it right. If you can't just laugh at it and move on, it's still affecting you some way. So I told, um, so after we all went around, I'm like, well, we're going to do a second session. And I'm like, I'm going to spend time with you, mom, and I'm going to help you write out your timeline so you can go through this. And so- before I get into the second session, <laughs> um, after we did that first session, though, the next day we went out to breakfast and it's like, you know, the colors were more vibrant, the smells was more vibrant, the laughter, the connection I had with my sisters and my mom and my dad, I just felt extremely more connected to them because now I understand a lot of the pain they went through 
And I had more awareness of myself of what I was taking from because I was a baby boy and I was a, I was a handful and a half. I, I did my parents knew all my teachers and the principal because I was getting in trouble all the time. And I just didn't realize by me being such a, you know, a kid that just sucked all the energy out of the room, my sisters were able to share with me like how they had some resentment for me for a while because all the resources, all mom and dad's time had to go to you because you're the badass kid that couldn't listen. So I was being good. Our grades got kind of neglected while you got D's and F's and we got B's and A's and nobody's really caring because we had to take care of you because you're being a problem child. And I, I was able to feel their pain and understand it, not from a part of me trying to defend them, but me seeing that, the part that I kind of took from them and being able to ask for forgiveness and be and get in alignment with each other. And, and so just little, little things, awareness versus a lot of time you think the healing is all about you. And when you start doing the shadow work, you're going to see about all the people in your world who you impacted when you're going through your trauma, hurt people, hurt people, you're not even realizing it. I just have to like, oh my God, there's so much. Okay. I want to hear about the second healing session, but I just okay. like, I want to bring up some things like, oh, there's just so much. This is so good. Okay. So like you mentioned, um, the importance of telling the story to people that were there because of the missing puzzle pieces. I just want to highlight this because I've never talked about this on another episode is, um, I've been to everything from, to me, it's like a scale from zero to 10. I've done like entry-level therapist. I've done EDMR. I've done hypnotist. I've done spiritual hypnotist. I've done Reiki. I've done all, just keep going, keep going, keep swimming. I've done the things. Right. Mm -hmm. And what comes up often in most of those sessions is like a few traumatic moments, like you said, but there's like one in particular that comes up. I've probably talked about it 40 times at length with every single therapist that I've ever gone to. It is a very specific moment in my childhood when I was five years old. I feel like I beat this story like a dead horse. Like it's <clears throat> like, I have forgiven the people involved. I've done it. I've healed it. I've lived it. Da, 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 right. But the missing puzzle pieces are so important because it took telling that story 30 times having a conversation with my mother about it and telling my mother about it and her mentioning to me a couple pieces that I did not remember. Then me going back to a therapist and telling a therapist through an EDMR session, her making me go back and relive it visually. And there was a snip in a moment, in a flash of a moment, literally the difference between what I had saw 40 times over in the story I told myself and the person walking away and walking by me and saying something to me. It was the, what they said to me in that moment that my subconscious, it hurt so bad. I blocked it out. Mm. And I going back to that very moment, split second, that missing puzzle piece of what someone said to me was the truth that I lived in for 33 years. Well, minus five, 27 years was the truth that I told myself for 27 years. But I had told that story 40 times over to every single therapist and they tried their best to heal me from it. And I never thought that I wasn't healed from it, but telling the story to my mother and her being like, oh yeah, I remember. And then you remember when this happened? And then like, we walked outside and I was like, no, like, I don't remember that. And then going back to a therapist, it was a split second that she was like that, that's it. That's the part you haven't healed. And it, I was bawling because I was like, when she said it, it hit me so hard that it was like, she read through my soul. Like the phrase she used was basically, she said, that was a moment that you decided that you did not matter. And I was like, <sighs> like that was it. And so you talking about talking to the people that were there 
and and sometimes we don't get to based on circumstance right but talking to the people that were there and, and finding the missing puzzle pieces you can do surface level healing shit all day Mm-hmm, but you don't get to the breakthrough until you get to the pieces that twisted and transformed the truth that you told yourself. Yeah. That's the breakthrough is mm-hmm. finding the truth. And it's not necessarily the truth. It is the truth that you told yourself. Yes. For yes. a fucking lifetime. <laughs> and, and think about it, at least you went back and you dug deep to find it. Cause most people take whatever self-serving surface level and, and and that's enough that's enough i don't want to dig even i got it i got it like nah you're gonna know if you get it because you're gonna feel it you're gonna feel it you're gonna know no. okay so what happens in the second second <laughs> okay. round because mom's so family's all in i love that you guys are like everything's brighter and vibrant because that's really important too because i was just reading in this guys go check this book out how to the shadow effect um i was reading in there that like there was a study that we, how powerful our minds are. And that basically like if they did a study where like, if anybody can close their eyes and get really connected with music and visualize like being on the top of a mountain or on the ocean or anything, and like really live the experience for a few, just a few minutes when they open their eyes, everything gets more, the world that they're in currently gets brighter, Mm -hmm. more vibrant, more whatever. But what's crazy is that you did something that was really scary and what it led to was a more vibrant, brighter, loving, open, free living environment for you. For sure. And I, and I, and I, and before I thought we had a good family, I thought we had a good family, but now hearing all these things, a, we all went through some shit for sure. Right. And you just, because you're going through your world, we're so lost in our own world that we kind of lose track of, Hey, our family, uh, your family members are going through things, but they're not talking to you about it. Cause you're the little brother, you're the older sister, you're the little cousin, but we're all going through some things. And no matter how good of a family you are, until you get vulnerable with each other, until you really got to bear your soul, there's another level you could get, which I found, right? So, so about a month ago, so we, we said that we scheduled this out then about, about a month and a half, we're going to do another session together. So, um, so I got with my mom and cause when I, at first I told my mom to do, write this out. I mean, she's, I mean, she, she's supposed to be right now. She's falling asleep. She's taking a phone <laughs> call. She's doing anything, but I don't think she's like, like intentionally not doing it, but I think your subconscious is trying to block you from doing this. Avoid. This is painful. You yep. don't need to do this. It's not needed. Yep. So I'm like, all right, mom, I'm going to come over. I'm going to spend two hours with you. I'm going to write out your timeline. So I go over there to it there and I help. So I'm help right. I'm actually writing as she's writing speaking, it I'm writing it because it's just taking so long when she's writing it out. She's like spelling out the word like mathematical M-A-T like mom, <laughs> we got to do it fast. We got to go faster. Right. So, so I'm writing it out for her. And then, so sometimes she's getting stuck and not remember, remember, cause we're going back to like 1954, you know? So she, so I thought it was on some YouTube, um, um, greatest hits of that era. So that helped jogged her some of the memory. Mm-hmm. And then, so we talked about through her lifetime. So we start off with some good things, then some not so good things and then traumify things. And so as I'm writing out for her, it's like, um, she's starting to remember more things and she's telling me more stories. And so two hours turned to three hours and I only got through like 10 years, like the first 10 years. And I mean, I had, I'm starting to learn more and more about my mom. So I'm like, all right, I schedule like two more blocks of time, two other days come and I do more. And so I, I do more time. And next thing you know what, I'm locked in with her and I'm like, holy crap. She is, I'm learning more things about my mom 
about things that happened to her, the trauma, the abuse, the drug addiction, the, the sexual mm. abuse, the stuff that I had no idea she never shared with us. You know, and I, and I mean, bits and pieces, but I never knew to the level, to the degree of pain she really was holding on to, she went through. And then, um, and so after I go through, I got, I think I ended up like staying, I did like four, four different days, like three hours, four hours a piece. So I was spent over 15, 15, 16 hours writing her whole timeline up to age 50, because by the time she got to 50, life got a lot better. All right. But that first 50 years, there's a lot of stuff that happened. So after writing it all to out, think we're not I mean, even 50 years old. Right. We're not even there. And just imagine what's coming. And I just remember writing it. And then after each session, I mean, a, a couple of times I just saw my mom was like, she's just, just crying. She's like, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. I'm like, mom, stand up. And I just, I just hugged her. I was just there and just, my heart was just holding and just holding space for her to just let her know that you love that day. This, oh, because this happened to you, this is in the past. But if you're feeling up to this level, it's still affecting you. And how else is showing up in their world? So then she was able to muscle through it and was able to still get back to writing it. So she was very courageous to be able to do that. And um, so, and so fast forward, wrote all out. We had the next session. And so on the next session, we started with my mom because we already went last time. So we yeah. started with my mom. And um, there's one situation that happened in her life that she just would not, just, she was just, was just hard-headed, was just like, she would not uh, dare mention um god instruction and possibly a mistake in the same sentence just it's just unfathomable for her mind to even think that process and we're like hey you might have heard god wrong possibly and made the wrong decision and the counselor was the one who out kind of helped challenging her and so when the counselor was kind of asking her questions challenging a little bit like I saw my sister, my, we looked at you, my mom, my dad, and I like, like this lady, this council about to get kicked out. She don't even know. Like my mom don't play that. Like she don't even know. She kick everybody out. Right. Pull the belt out. Right. <laughs> so, so we all like kind of was all quiet. Like don't say anything. And so my mom took a break, went to the bathroom and she came back and she was like, um, yeah, I might've made a mistake and I, and I want, I want forgiveness man jessica like it's like she just hit the game winning three-pointer shot like <laughs> all rushed her like, we all hugged her we're all crying just hugging her it's, just, it's such a i wish i could just had a picture or a camera just to capture that moment that we all like just embody embrace that she had a major breakthrough you know i mean a lot of the diseases and sickness she has is really stemmed to these past memories and these emotions, these stories that she suppressed and have them locked in her body still. And so she finally was open and was able to ex explore and talk about it. And so after we went through that big, big, big breakthrough for her, we started pulling out like two topics and we started just kind of all sharing about those situations as a family. And we talked about what happened and hearing the different sides started to open up more thoughts and memories I, I completely forgot about. And then we was able to say, all right, this is what happened to all of us. This house impacted us. How could we use this to go from victim to being victorious? How could we use this to be a champion over this? How did it, how do we turn this to our testimonial, not just something that tested us? And so we were able to repurpose what it means to us and how this help empowered us versus defeated us. And so we're so right after this, so after we did that. We have a third session coming up soon too, because there's so, I mean, there's so much more you could go into this. And so after I did the second one and uh, one, uh, after doing this work, putting time in one of the biggest deals I've ever closed in my life ended up happening. 
And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's a coincidence. I don't know. I don't know. But I know when you open up those portals, you remove those blocks, blessings could really run down on you. And I mean, I was working on this deal for two years. And then finally, once I do this work, not only did that deal happen, another six-figure deal happened, you know, and all the start, I feel that because I was willing to be obedient, I feel like God is blessing myself, God's blessed my family. And just imagine what, what could happen for you if you just give yourself that chance to strip back the fear, strip back what the world's going to think about you and get to know you, the old version of you that you don't like too much and pull that person out the shadows and really shine the light on it and abstract the valuable lessons that life is trying to teach you that you don't learn the lessons. You have to keep taking that test, that, which I was keep taking the test in different relationships I was having, toxic decisions I was making. I kept failing the test, failing the test because I didn't want to go back and get the real meeting and learn the purpose that God was really trying to lay out there right in front of me. But I kept avoiding it because I'm the man. I'll figure it out. I'll do this. And I think what it came back to is um, when you're willing to, you know, I know initially talked about abiding, but when you're willing to surrender, when you're willing to surrender, I think that's like the crucial part, especially for us men. We just like, we got this. I got a plan. Ain't nobody's going to hustle. Was I was willing to surrender and let, and, and let God guide versus me trying to self-guide. I was willing to abide versus me trying to self-guide. And that allowed me to be obedient to this. And this opened me up. I promise you. It will work if you allow God to work. Abide versus self-guide. Okay, hold on. Woo, this is so good. Only give me 10 more minutes. No, so, take your time. Good. <laughs> um, okay, so, oh God, this was so good. Um, okay, so surrender, because there, you brought that word up and it was uh, directly aligned with the question I was about to ask you. So um, the book Calling in the One, Catherine Woodard Thomas, one of my favorite books, it's been my Bible this year. Um, it, she has a line in there that says that if you, I'm going to mis, misquote it, but it's, it's something like if you are searching for the end result or the outcome of healing, you are never going to find it. That true healing is a journey of surrender to the unknown. Mm. Um, and as an entrepreneur, when I work with high level women, female entrepreneurs, and I know I've been in this space myself. So I want to ask this for, to a male entrepreneur, you just said you're going into your third session, right? Mm -hmm. We are results driven folks. We like sure. great played in this lane. What's next. Right. Yeah, yeah. And what's the end. And when do I get to like win the award and walk <laughs> away and be done with it. Right. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel like what does the end look like for this? Or are you so excited for this to be a forever journey? Or do you feel like this is something that's going to be hot for a while and then you get to put it on autopilot? Like, where do you feel like this fits in and what is the final destination for you? Sure, sure. I think, um, especially in my younger years, I really resisted church. My mom forced me to go to church. I resisted like really having a closer walk with God. I, I didn't like, you have to know the hymns, you have to, have to know the scriptures, you know? And so um, I just kind of resisted a, a, a large portion of my life. And then as and when things start going wrong for you, you start getting those DUIs, you start getting locked up, you stop things happening like, whoa, whoa, whoa. God, are you there? God, hello. This number works still. So you start between, between me and Elijah, there's a few DUIs in this room. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and you know, I'm too small, too pretty to be going to jail. So I'm like, I'm going to need you, God, right about now. So as I started to see like, hey, man, I am. On my own, I am, I'm failing. I'm making bad decisions to the world 
Yeah. Oh, you hooking up with girls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you got deals closed? Yeah, yeah. You cool? But I, I felt how empty I was feeling and and how my life was just going the wrong trajectory. So, I started working my character, started bringing God more in my life, but I was still trying to control the narrative. I still I wouldn't surrender. And so once I started understanding the power of abiding, the power of surrendering to the unknown, of not knowing what's exactly how it's going to work out, what's that KPI you could dial it down to. That's when things started to open up for me. Things started being revealed. I started getting different types of downloads. And I feel that this personal journey is what I learned is to remove expectation and replace it with appreciation. And so I removed the expectation of, am I going to be healed? And then ding, I'm on full battery. Like, no, it's kind of like working out. You're going to constantly, I think it's going to be a lifetime journey that you're going to keep learning different parts of you. You're going to go back and see different aspects of you. You're going to get different um, revelations of who you are going to be. You're going to start tapping the other realms and pulling that other version of you into this realm. You know, there's other things I feel like can happen. I feel like the I, I personally feel that um, there's a bigger calling on my life to share more of this aspect of how to really people heal. I feel that especially minority men, there's so much pain that happened from America to what happened to our ancestors, that happened to our family, that we self-inflicted to ourselves, that if we don't learn how to self-heal and we don't go through this process of doing the shadow work, there's going to be a whole nother generation that's going to be going down the same path. And I feel like God revealed some of these things to me. And I don't know exactly how he's going to use me. I don't know exactly how I'm going to be his instrument, but I know I'm going to surrender and I'm open to everything attached to nothing open to everything and attached to nothing. Speaking of God, I'm going to tell you what dropped. I'm going to tell you what dropped in my spirit after this call, because it's mm -hmm. eating away at me and it's loud. Mm -hmm. um, but you use a term often and it's my favorite. And it's in this season that you feel like you are the richest in invisible wealth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like? What is this invisible wealth concept? So, so the visible wealth happens. So those are all the like the little things you don't see. All right, Intangible. the relationships you're cultivating, the relationships you're cultivating, the affirmation you do, and the thoughts that you're envisioning that you start seeing that you're manifesting, that's invisible wealth that the world doesn't equate as the actual wealth, but that's the true wealth that means the most. The connections you have with people, the energy when you walk in a room that some you feel from others that you that you put out to the world. Um, how do you attract things into your life? Um, how do you, like I said, you speak things in like the downloads you receive, how do you, um, the decision you make, trusting your intuition, all that's part of the invisible wealth that you can harness and you can really multiply and you can have abundance of it, but you got to get tapped into it so that you're not just, um, you know, you're not just taking uh, withdrawals, but you're making deposits into it as well. Okay. So I'm going to end with this because I know I got to. We'll sit here for hours and chop it <laughs> oh, up. Yeah, this all day. We'll do. We'll do a part two. We'll do a part two update sure, in a couple for months. Sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, tell me about, and I think this is a great gift to leave them with. Um, your experience that you got, um, something that you practice regularly. You mentioned earlier is this experience you got from a mentor, which was biting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, abiding. Um, it's crazy too, because all right. So my mom's. Like, sure, like, cause my dad, you know, uh, he worked. And so my mom was a homemaker. So I remember as a little kid, like uh, I could never sneak outside. Cause my mom's like up at four o'clock in the morning. And she ain't like waking up. She's like stayed up all night and just reading and praying and writing a scribe, watching TV. So I could never, I could never like sneak out at night. So I'm like, mom, 
Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you? So I, so I watched her and she had this, um, we call, I used to call them tablets. It's just like notebooks. And she would just get downloads and she would just write. And I'm like, oh, and she's like, son, I need you to read this. Read this. This is good for your soul. Read it. I'm like, all right, I read it, mom. I read it. But I always kind of like dismissed it. Not realize what she was doing back then. And then um, at our mastermind, we had uh, this billionaire. He uh, he kind of explained to everybody. We asked him, like, all right, so how did you make your, your key pivot moves? Like, during the last downturn, what do you see this happening? He's like, guys, my marketing plan, my marketing play, what I did, I wake up and I abide. And I make decisions based off of what I hear. What I hear the father tells me, I abide and I go and execute and make that happen. And that has been, hands down, the biggest most important decisions I've ever made and it constantly works out. And so uh, me, me and um, Alex, we looked at each other like, yo, that's dope. <laughs> so, so we, so we asked her, but a couple of guys like, what, what, what is this? are you going after? Where's the marketing? <laughs> like, what are you abiding? I don't ask for all that. So we asked a follow-up question like, well, what's your exact process for abiding? So what he told me, what he does, he wakes up this guy wakes up like three o'clock in the morning. I'm not saying you do, but this is what he does, right? So he wakes up at three o'clock in the morning. He has a prayer desk he goes to and he, and he turns on some praise and worship music just to cue himself. And then um, he has this uh, uh, note card and he just prays and he's like, God, I like, I, I choose to abide. I hear you. I'm your servant. Please lead me as you, as you seem fit. And then whatever he hears, he'll write it down. If he gets a scripture, he'll look it up. And then whatever, he, whatever's on that, on the index card, he'll go and make happen. And he has so much confidence his ability just to execute what he hears that he has so much evidence that it works and when we and he told a couple stories of how he bought this piece of land and then next you know it it turned into a 400 million dollar deal i mean there's so many evidence so once we heard the the process i was like whoa i was like whoa like let me do this let me do this all right so i get back home i get a couple of my buddies gotta do these little masterminds like hey guys I want to try this thing abiding. Let's do the abiding. So uh, we end up um, doing, um, I end up, uh, we did some praise and worship. We prayed. We, everybody went to their own side of the room in this office. And then just, you just wrote down anything you can hear. Anything you hear, just write it down. And, and the whole part of this, because sometimes you think, oh, it's my thoughts thinking this. Whatever it is, regardless if you feel it's your thought or not, write can it down. Can you trust it? Just trust it because you're saying, I am surrendering any of my influence over what I'm saying. So whatever during this fraction of time I'm giving it, I'm giving 100% credit to God regardless of what thought I get at it from. And so just write it down, trust it. So I wrote it down, wrote down some scriptures I heard and just wrote it down. And they said, I wrote the scriptures down. And when I read it, it basically said, um, they basically trust God and, um, and you'll see two doves. And, um, and I'm like, all right. So I'm like, all right, well, two doves. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a room. So. I so you heard that you heard two doves. You heard. So, well, well, I heard the scripture, and the scripture. then I and then I read the scripture, and then it, said, it mentioned about having, having two white doves and God's presence could be filled. And I'm like, all right, well, what does that mean? All right, cool. All right, cool. So we went. Uh, we took a break. I went outside on the patio, and I'm like, I'm like, look at those two pigeons right there. And then as the pigeons uh, start flying, they're white. I'm like, what are white pigeons? Like, bro, those aren't white pigeons. Those are doves two doves were flying and I'm asking God to reveal himself. God, show me a sign. I don't hear you. I don't see you. Let me hear you. Boom. Within, I mean, I felt chills come over my body. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, Whoa. I asked him and he revealed himself. He shared himself. And so 
What you're seeking is seeking you. And if you're willing to, just for a moment, turn your ego off for a moment, turn the need to know off for a moment, take the, I have to have clarity and certainty what's happened to my life and surrender and willing to abide versus you trying to self-guide or watch what can happen, open up for your life. Remember, you always could go back to the other way. You always could go back to, you know, I call the shots. I do everything on my time, but give yourself a chance to tap into the known and watch what God could show you. Ah. Ah, this story, this story. Oh my God, Elijah. Like, and I know it's so crazy because in the moments of surrender and then you see stuff like that, and I'm going to use this word and I think I mean something else, but it's almost like you feel even the more, more powerful, the most powerful you've ever felt. Cause you're like, my mind has literally been telling me this stuff the whole time. And it's probably been in front of me the whole time. I just haven't been able to like draw a direct line to my, mm-hmm. my intimate connection to God, but it's been there the whole time. Like now right. I'm really powerful. Like those are the moments I feel the most powerful when I'm like, oh, X equaled Y. Like <laughs> it's so clear. I just couldn't see it. I, I had an exact moment like this. And it's this is this happened, oh my God, five years ago. Cause it's before my it was had to do with my son. I literally was walking a journey trying to find God. I never grew up in the church, never understood nothing, nothing, nothing. My parents are damn near atheists. Not atheists, but they just they <laughs> believe in aliens over God. Literally. Wow. Yes, whole whole ass hippies era. Trust me. It goes the extra mile. And so I'm on this spiritual journey with a girlfriend for years. Who's literally teaching me how to pray. And I'm talking about elementary level. Like I would, if someone, if I was in a group of people and they said, pray, I would cry. Cause that was like the most embarrassing form of rejection you could give me. Cause I'd be like, I'm going to screw this up. Cause I don't know God. <laughs> like, and I remember she was like, she would tell me to like pray in the car by myself, like out loud and write letters to God. And that was how I was going to like form my like identity in Christ type thing. And so I get pregnant and I also not anymore. I used to be scared of flying. So I just specifically remember watching, walking through the DC airport pregnant and I text her and I said, she was always so open. And this is what made my spiritual journey with God. So unique was I could ask her whatever. And she never judged me. And I said, Hey, I said, I hear people say all the time that they hear, they heard, they see God. I said, when I hear people say that, I'm like, where the hell, excuse my language in the same sentence, where do you see or hear God? Like, I've never just like had a drop in moment of God. Like, let me tell you, like, so I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I'm like, what do people mean when they say that? And what she said to me, I can draw the dots now. And it's a moment you just had. She said, if you feel like you've never seen or heard God, just ask him to reveal himself to you. Just ask him, say, God, I've never felt you. I've never seen you, even though you may be trying to talk to me. If there's a way that you could reveal yourself to me in a way that I can see or hear clearly, please do it because I want to see you. I want to hear you. I was five and a half months pregnant walking through the DC airport. I had just delivered a presentation, huge presentation. I get on the plane. I go home. I say this prayer. I write this prayer. I say it in the car. A month later, I have my son in an emergency situation, six and a half months pregnant, and he's a pound 12 ounces. They don't let me see him for 12 days. And I'm sitting in the NICU the first day that I can touch him. And they open this little corner of the the box that he's living in because he cannot be in air. He's literally in a heated box. And the lady says, you can stick your finger, your pinky in there and you can touch him, but you be careful. You can't rub him because he's so fragile. You could rub his skin off. So you can just put your finger on him. And I just start crying. 
And one of the people in the room that was a part of my family said, are you, are you scared he's going to die? And I looked over and with the most confident, un, but well, I don't even know where it came from. I was like, no, I was like, God got him. Like he's got him. Mm. And then like, when I sat back in the chair and I thought about what I said, I was just like, this is God. This is God showing himself to me. I asked God to reveal himself to me and he did it through my child. Mm. He said, I'm here. <clears throat> I'm here and I'm going to show you and you're going to hear me and you're going to see me clear as day, but you're going to trust me in your toughest moment. And I'm going to reveal myself to you through your child. Ooh. And I, I was like, it. I <laughs> Uh-huh. And at that moment on, I remember saying when I, when, oh, when I was on that journey, I said, God, if you let him come home, cause I know you're here, but if you let him come home, I'll give you two things. I'll spend, I'll spend the rest of my life praising you for his life. And I'll spend the rest of my life showing me the gift that my son showed me in the, his first 30 days of life. And I'll spend the rest of my life doing it, which is, is showing him resilience. Mm, that's beautiful. See, that's what I'm saying that when you just realize what you like once you're willing to you know go past the, like i have to this has to make sense i have to have this come from this source this person just know that i mean the thing that created the heaven earth that's why i love sunsets because mm. whatever made something so beautiful you just you just get i call it god's personal picasso he makes for all of us right Ooh. and you just get to see his power his energy he made this beautiful for all of us so you get to just tap into it and now it's up to you to acknowledge it it's up to you to tap into it and be aware of it and focusing on it. Or it could just be, oh, that's just, that's just another day. Oh, uh, it's turning nighttime. What are you talking about? But mm-hmm. you know, medical doctors say my son or no, I ask God to tap into my son. I ask God to oversee the situation and you put the faith into him and, he, and he, he's seen it through. And I just think that if us being entrepreneurs, we're so used of self-force and everything i will force it i will i will will it to happen and understand that hey go ahead and still be on, be on your grind because faith without work is dead so you still gotta put the work in but you know you you do the natural and you add on the supernatural mm. you know and, and, and i think that's what happens when that's where the real power happens and it can happen and that's why i'm really big on visualization i'm big on breath work i'm big on affirmation vision boards you can see right there behind me I believe the more you control what hits your subconscious, the more you could consciously impact your subconscious, talk to your Holy Spirit, get in tune with God. You're only putting yourself in a position to utilize this great meat sack of skin that God creates, that there's so much more power in us. The same matter that makes the universe are in, is in our brains. Mm-hmm. All right. Our, our, the, the energy that moves the whole orbits planets around is the same energy that's in our brain but we only use three percent of it what happens if you can use five six what happens if you start tapping in and having a different connection what's the worst thing that can happen mm, god y'all understand <laughs> listen oh my guy's coming out with a podcast he's end coming. of this year next year he's he's, he's hitting the stages he is a true thought leader. I'm sure you guys now see why this is one of my favorite partners of thought. Um, and I just, I can't thank you enough for being on the stranded phase. I can promise you guys, he will be back sure. and, um, let my audience know where they can stalk you, learn more, get some of these <laughs> gems on any given day. Sure. Sure. No, you can always follow me on Instagram, Elijah Rubin, uh, Facebook, Elijah Rubin. Uh, the YouTube's coming soon. YouTube's coming soon. And shout out to Jessica, allowing, helping me 
bring this message more than people out in Arizona so the whole world could get it. I feel like I'm really big on each one, teach one, each one, reach one. And she's going to help bring this message to the world. Man, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Times a thousand guys check him out. And Elijah, we thank you. Appreciate you, Queen. Salute. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.